102.5 FM, KXSFLP San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned in to Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. The direction of marketing has changed with the rise of social media, playing a significant role in how the word gets out about a particular product or service. Now the direction of marketing on social media has evolved into influencer marketing, which is where the perception of the trusted advisor or celebrity can drive or influence behavior among its followers and fans. Today, I'm talking with Lisa Freud, CEO of She Speaks, that now has the largest community of female influencers of 250,000, reaching 300 million consumers per month. She will share how to leverage influencer marketing to get the word out about your product or service. Thank you for joining me on Spark today, Lisa. Thanks for having me. How do you define or describe what influencer marketing is? Influencer marketing is basically the idea of of engaging somebody who has built a social media following, so having some influence on social media or someplace else, but in the case that we work in, it's, it's social media, and engaging that person for an opportunity to create sponsored content on behalf of another company, distributing that content. Basically, like any a lot of other forms of marketing, it's a way to tap into an influencer, and we think of influencers as people who have built media, have a media network, so to speak. They've built a following and an audience, and we are tapping into that to create awareness for a brand or a company. I realize that you work with many large companies that have large budgets. What about for solar and entrepreneurs? What can they do, given that they don't have a lot of money to spend like the big companies do? Solopreneurs can absolutely utilize influencer marketing as well. It's a matter of, I mean, it might be a little bit more of a DIY type of thing, whereas for large brands, maybe they have companies like us that do it for them, but it is absolutely something that a solopreneur, a small business can do on their own, and what they would do is look for people who speak about their category or and or they think have access to the audience of the customers that they are looking to reach and reach out to those individuals. There's lots of ways to do that. One easy way is to reach out to them on social media. A solopreneur can absolutely do this. And how do you find those influencers that you that will make a difference in your product or service? The way that we do it is we have access to our platform, which gives us information about the influencers, social media following, what they write about, what their audience looks like, the age, the, where they physically are located, all of that information. That's how we are identifying people. We also look at terminology, what terms do they use, have they used keywords, that are related to the product or service that we're working on. But quite frankly, you don't need a platform like our 
hours to do that. If as a solopreneur, you can do that yourself. You can go onto social media and do searching. Instagram is a great example. Go onto Instagram. There's a search function and just start searching around for people who are using a hashtag that is relevant to your category and see who they are and what they're talking about. And then if you're interested in them, take a look at their profile, take a look at how many followers do they have, and importantly, how many people typically are commenting and liking their content, because that's ultimately the engagement rate, right? What type of engagement rate do they have? Do they have a decent engagement rate? And then you can reach out to those individuals. As I said, you can direct message them. So in the case of Instagram, there's lots of ways. Usually people who are influencers who are doing sponsored content will have a way that you can reach out to them in their bio or you can uh, direct message them. It sounds like you really need to know who is really talking and influencing your audience when you're looking for influencers? Yes. I mean, you. what you need to know is who's already talking about the category that you're in and who you think reaches an audience. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're a startup beauty brand, right? You have a product that you have developed. You want to get it out there. What you can do is search for keywords, hashtag that relate to your product, see who's already talking about it. And do you like their content? Do you like what they're doing? Do you like the way they speak to their audience? Do you believe that the look and feel has to be the same as yours? Or do you think it can be tweaked? I think the look and feel does not have to be exactly like yours. The reason I mention look and feel is because you want to make sure that you think that the content is the type of content that you like. There are many different types of content out there, right? And the tone in terms of how people speak to their audience also matters. Look at that. Look at how do they speak to their audience, the way they speak to their audience. Is it consistent with your brand? On the beauty brand example, and it's a lot about self-care. Then look for people who talk to their audience about self-care and have a genuine, authentic connection. Like when they post, do you believe their posts? Right? As someone who's reading them, do you believe that this influencer truly cares about conveying that message to their audience? And if that tone is correct for you and it seems consistent with how you would want to have your target audience spoken to, that you can check that box. And then in terms of the content that I was saying before about the type of content, see if the type of content they're creating is at the level in terms of of quality that you're looking for and also the type of content you're looking for. If someone is doing just illustrations, let's say, there are a whole lot of accounts out there, influencer accounts that might just use images and and, and illustrations, and you might be looking for a video. Look for the quality of the content is there and also the type of content that you're looking for that you think is going to resonate with the audience. Because if an influencer has never created a video and you really want a video. You may not want to start with that influencer because they have zero track record in creating effective videos that are going to engage their audience. That's a really good point because reels have become really big on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people seem to be learning how to wash their face on reels and doing some kind of 
routine or regimen on there, which is now become really big. And apparently the algorithms are favoring the reels. Having an influencer who knows how to create those in a way that's compelling and grabs people's attention is probably Mm -hmm. important now than ever before. Absolutely. Very important. You mentioned the algorithm favoring reels. There is a lot of information out there that you can easily access as, let's say, a solopreneur that talks about what the platforms are focused on now. And Instagram, as you just mentioned, their competitive product to TikTok is real. They don't want people leaving Instagram to go over to TikTok. So they are looking to get more Reels content because they think that that is going to keep people on their platform. Highlighting that content, they are giving it more weight in the algorithm. If you're an influencer and you're creating content, you want to start creating some content on Reels potentially going going viral, getting beyond your audience. Well, what's also interesting is an influencer on TikTok is going to be very different from an influencer on Instagram. You definitely see Instagrammers who have figured out the TikTok content. They've had some time to do that. The pandemic has given um, influencers an opportunity to really jump in to TikTok in a way that they maybe we're not doing pre-pandemic. And I think you're starting to see that good content creators, assuming that they have the heart for it, right? Assuming that they have the interest and the appetite, they can create good content cross platforms. If you think about media companies, right? And I mentioned earlier that we think of influencers as, and certainly the bigger influencers, people who have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers, they can compete with media platforms, right? Because they have the audience, they have the access to the audience. You're a company like that. If you're an influencer that has that large reach, you want to go where the attention. If TikTok is one of those places, you're going to learn how to use TikTok, figure out how to build an audience there, as well as bring some of your Instagram audience over to your TikTok. And that's why you see a lot of people who are posting their TikToks right onto Instagram. To say that the audience is very different on TikTok versus Instagram, because if you don't feel like doing a reel today, you can just do post an image, whereas mm-hmm. with TikTok, you constantly have to be on every day. Certainly, there's differences in terms of how you have to feed the different platforms. I don't necessarily think that the audiences are that different on TikTok versus Instagram. What you saw during the pandemic is that digital usage skyrocketed. Social media usage increased significantly. The platforms started getting more and more and more users and more engagement. People who were on Instagram four hours a day started to spend some time on TikTok, and then that started to increase as well. I don't know that I would say that the audiences are significantly different. I'd say prior to the pandemic, TikTok was a much younger person's platform. But the pandemic and time, the audience starts to age up, and then the pandemic just hastened that. So I do think you have a lot of overlap in the audiences. That's a really good point. Backing up to the quality of engagement, I would imagine that when you're looking at influencers, you want to see the quality of engagement that they have with their audience. Mm -hmm. And can you talk about what that should look like? I would imagine people who really like dig into the details of really commenting at a much more fine level than most people would. What's your take on that? 
In terms of the way that I would look at Endgame, and there's an influencer you're looking at, you can go and figure out, okay, well, how many followers do they have? And I'm looking at a piece of their content, how many people have liked it, how many people have commented, how many views does it have? You can just very quickly get a sense for, does this person get a decent engagement rate? Now, engagement rates are different across platforms. It happens to be TikTok has very high engagement rates right now, and it is a newer platform. Newer platforms tend to have higher engagement rates. But if you were to look at, say, smaller your audience, the, on average, the higher your engagement rate, meaning if you have like 5,000 followers, you should be looking at a 2 to 3% engagement rate on your content. The way that works in terms of engagement rates as you go up in follower size, the more followers you have, the lower your engagement rate. That's just how the platforms work. What you should do when you're thinking about an influencer, thinking about their engagement rates, is if they are a smaller influencer, expect to see a few percentage points in terms of engagement rate. If you're looking at a mega influencer, maybe you won't be if you're, because mega influencers are very expensive. If you're not looking to spend a lot of money, on average, a mega influencer, so somebody who has, let's say, half a million or a million plus followers, if you get a 1% engagement rate, that's considered a really strong engagement rate on Instagram. What's the sweet spot in terms of how large that audience should be for a solopreneur or entrepreneur? I think that if you're a solopreneur and you're looking to get the most bang for your buck, I would go with good micro-influencers, meaning people who have up to 10,000 followers. I mean, it goes up to, we look at micro-influencers as people who go up to 100,000 followers, but 10,000 followers is a good number. They have the swipe up options on their accounts, which means on stories. If an influencer posts a story for you and you want to direct people to your website in that story, the influencer can put the swipe up function in there. Those influencers are probably going to give you more for your money than investing in a ton of money in a, in a larger influencer. So if I were a solopreneur looking to build my brand and utilizing influencers to do that, I would go with a nano or micro influencer approach. Going to the point of securing those influencers, what's the best incentive for them to help you, support you? Is it free products, services? We're talking about some kind of payment because as a solopreneur, it's not as if you have a lot of budget to be throwing money at. Right. That's a $100,000 question. There are definitely influencers, nano influencers, so people who probably have less than 5,000 followers, and then some micro-influencers who will exchange posts for your product or service. But that is not necessarily a standard rule. So we work with a lot of micro-influencers who absolutely would not do that. They charge. They are more reasonable, obviously, in terms of what they charge than somebody who has hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. But there is going to be some fee to work with even micro-influencers. How do you know what's reasonable and what's being charged? Some people maybe look at a CPM model, but 
you can't really use a CPM model because you're engaging an influencer on Instagram. Just because I have 10,000 followers, it doesn't mean that all 10,000 of those people are going to be showed the content. That's just not the way the algorithm works, right? The algorithm doesn't show your content organically to everybody in your audience. It shows it to a, a percentage of them. There is the influencers make their own rates and they will frequently negotiate with you. If I'm a solopreneur, I'm looking for a return, right? I'm looking for an ROI. So I want to know what do you think you're going to deliver for me in terms of number of people who are going to engage with this post, because that you can see. What do you think you're going to deliver for me if I give you a link that people can click through to purchase product, or I give you a promotional code that people can use? What do you think you can deliver for me? You have to be able then at that point to decide as the business owner, is this going to be worth the investment? The first couple of times you work with influencers, if you've never worked with them before, you're playing trial and error. That is definitely, I mean, it's like any new platform or any new marketing channel you're going to use, you're going to test into it. I would maybe choose five people, if you can, that you can work with and see how those different people do. Set up your key performance indicators with them and and see how they perform against that. And then you learn from there and it makes you much smarter the next time you go out to engage with the influencer and negotiate your pricing. What are the important elements in doing an influencer campaign? Who's creating the content? The influencer, you, or you're both creating it together? Uh, we have found that the best way to do that is we provide, and I think this relates to solopreneurs as well, you want to provide very good briefing about what your product is, what are the key benefits of somebody using your product or service, and you want to provide information about the tone you want to convey. Find other posts that you like and say, hey, this is the type of content I like. Give them examples. The briefing is really important when you're dealing with the influencer. But at the end of the day, the best post, the best content is when the influencer takes all of that information and combines that with their knowledge of their audience because they talk to their audience all the time. They know their audience really well. So they combine what you've told them and what they know about their audience to create the piece of content that they think is going to resonate the most with their audience. At the end of the day, it's the influencer who's creating the content. You are quarterbacking it, so to speak, making sure that they know what you're looking for, the tone, the look, the feel, all of that. You're looking to create a piece of content that's going to resonate with that influencer's audience, and that's the big value the influencer brings to the table. When does social media boosting come in? Oh, great question. So social media boosting, you want to do boosting if you can for any good piece of content that you create. For your first test, you have five influencers you engage. Um, maybe it's three. You, you decide what that number is. But pick, a, pick more than one. I would pick a few. And track their content. See which content. So let's say you have three influencers posting for you. Track the three, the influencers, and however many times they're posting for you, track it and see who's getting the most likes, who's getting the most comments, who's going to get that, who's getting the most engagement on that content. Then there are a couple of ways that you can boost. One is you can boost through the influencer. So you, let's say influencer one of the three you're working with has the best content. People are engaging with it. They seem to really like it. You can say, all right, 
influencer, I'd like to pay you to basically whitelist this, which means that you are giving them extra budget to promote and boost that post through their account, right? So that you can do it that way. Another thing you can do is take that content, get permission from the influencer and post it on your channel, your owned and operated channel and in your account. And you can boost it that way. So there's, there's multiple ways to boost content and amplify content. You absolutely want to boost content if you have a piece of content that is performing well. And obviously, if you have no content that's doing well, no need to boost it. But if you have a piece of content that is doing well, you want to get that out to as many more of the people who are in that person's audience or look like that person's audience, like a lookalike population, as you possibly can. What's the best way to track engagement and effectiveness of the campaign? If you're a solopreneur, then you're working with a few influencers, let's say, right? You can just look at the content yourself, track the content, how it's performing, that based on what you can see. In addition, though, like let's say you have somebody doing a story. You can't see how many people are seeing that story, right? The influencer has to provide you with that reporting. When you work with the influencer and you negotiate upfront what it's going to be, you need to say, I want to be able to see reporting of X, Y, and Z. And you can say, I want to see how many views you had of the content. If it's a story, I want to see how many people from your perspective engage. I want to see your analytics, depending on the type of account an influencer has. They have access to analytics that you can't see. This is what I'm expecting to be able to see in terms of results. And I want you to be able to share that with me. But you could incorporate a link and see who's clicking on that link. You can incorporate a link if somebody clicks through and they land on your site through that link you absolutely can take them from there. You, if, if you have pixel tracking on your site, you are able to take that person once they land on your site. That's definitely it's another great way that you can understand tangibly what kind of result you're getting from the influencer working with you. How does traditional marketing come in now? So generating leads, having a way of tying marketing overall of your company just the way that we used to do promotions. I mean, still being connected to those platforms, yeah. but it's just done differently. Yeah. So I'm a big believer. I spent the first uh, half of my career working at a large brand, and we had first-party data on all of our members. One thing that is difficult about working in social media is at the end of the day, yes, they could be your followers, but... If Instagram decided tomorrow to completely dial down the number of your followers they're going to give you access to, which they have done many times over over their history, then you may have 50,000 followers, let's say, but only a very small portion are going to see your content. And if you don't have first-party data on them, meaning what their name, their first name, their last name, their, their uh, email address, some way to contact them, if Instagram turned your account off tomorrow, you don't have those followers, right? It's It's not a direct relationship in terms of the information and ability to access those people in other ways. We have always been big believers that, let's say, on social, get them interested, but then quickly put them through a funnel where you can then build a more direct relationship with them to get their contact information, email, a way to engage with them. If Instagram were turned off tomorrow, then that is the ideal scenario, and that's what you want to do from a marketing perspective. Think about a brand like Coca-Cola. If you're Coca-Cola, traditionally, you don't have a direct relationship with 
the person who's buying Coke. You have a relationship with the retailer that sells Coke on their shelves or e-commerce, if that's e-commerce, but at the end of the day, you don't have a direct relationship with that person. What you can do through, if you're Coca-Cola, though, and you start your Instagram account and you start your TikTok account and you start your Facebook, whatever the accounts are, you can bring those people through to capturing their contact information and direct marketing data on those people so that you can then have a more direct relationship with them. It's a different way to to think about your customer if you're a brand like Coca-Cola. That's a really good point. I would think that you want to focus on one platform at a time. This is where it gets complicated, right? Because you've got TikTok, Instagram, a lot of people are on Facebook, potentially even LinkedIn. They all are different in terms of how they work, the culture, and so on. The question is, How do you decide which platform to go on? And then would you recommend going on multiple platforms at the same time? It depends on your budget, honestly. And and not just budget. When I say budget, I don't just mean dollars. I also mean time and energy. As a solopreneur, you probably are more limited in in terms of those resources, the time, energy, and money. You want to be more focused. And then test. As I said before, you can test into these platforms. But... You should also get a sense for, by looking at the platforms, look at your competitors, uh, people who are in your category who are doing well on those platforms. See what they're doing and see if that's something that you think you authentically can bring to the table within that platform. And then go for it. Try it. See how it goes. If it goes well for you on Instagram, creating good content there. Um, And you know, wait, I see that people are also, my audience is probably also on TikTok. So I'm going to try TikTok next. But I do agree with you. You can't boil the ocean. Certainly as a solopreneur, you, you have to focus, right? You have to start somewhere and see how it goes for you. So try it. You can test into it and see which platform performs best for you. We've worked with brands who've decided that they choose one platform that they're going all in on, and that's based on where they see the best results. They've made that decision probably after testing the platforms and seeing which platform performs best for them. People working with on LinkedIn or focused on LinkedIn, and how has mm-hmm. that performed? We don't tend to do influencer activations on LinkedIn. We do mostly B2C in terms of products that have a direct relationship with a consumer. B2B, I have seen a lot more brands using LinkedIn for B2B. Now, that's not to say that nobody in the B2C world is going to use LinkedIn, but I do think that it depends on your audience and most of our experience. So I'm only going to speak from from our experience has been in engaging influencers on non-B2B platforms like LinkedIn. So we do Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Pinterest. Those platforms are the ones that we tend to activate on. So many platforms to think about. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So many. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing your expertise and joining me on Spark today, Elisa. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.